Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. Susie Orman here, and you are listening to the Women in Money podcast. Now, this is not your ordinary money podcast, for there is nothing that I do that is ordinary. So if you want to be the powerful woman that you were born to be in every aspect of your life, then you have come to the right place. We are strong. I still love that theme song so much. It's not even funny. Together We Will Rise by Effie. You can get it on Spotify. All right. I want you to get things right. And it seems that even though you listen to this podcast, you're only listening with one ear or it's going in one ear and not the other. You know, let me tell you a story. I'll never forget. I happen to be in Washington. DC. And I got an invitation to come into the White House. And this is when President Obama was president. And I'm finding myself and KT, we are standing in the Oval Office. Can you even believe it? Oh, my God. And President Obama is talking to me. And he's asking me to speak to somebody. And I say to him, sir, It would not do any good because anything I say would go in one ear and out the other. Can you believe I said that to the president? Anyway, that is how I feel sometimes when I'm talking to you. I am telling you to do something and it goes in one ear and out the other because you write me an email and your email scares me. It scares me because it is possible because you didn't really listen closely. You are going to do the wrong thing. So on today's Ask Susie Anything, I am going to tell you everything that I can get in in a short period of time. And I'm going to be doing these more and more to just make sure that you get it right. The first thing that upsets me is Jesse writes in. And she says, I heard you say on your podcast that I should not list my living trust as the primary beneficiary for my Roth IRA. Since I don't have a spouse or children, do you have a suggestion as to who the beneficiary should be? Are you kidding me, Jesse? Are you kidding me? Listen closely. If you are married... Your spouse has certain privileges when it comes to your retirement accounts. You can take over their retirement account as if it was your own retirement account. You don't have to start making withdrawals. You can do anything you want with it. 
But that is only a privilege a spouse has. So if you are married and you have a living revocable trust, which all of you should have, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to one of the podcasts that deals with that that I've done for you. Your primary beneficiary should always be your spouse. Your contingent beneficiary should be the living revocable trust. If, however, you are not married, your primary beneficiary of any retirement account needs to be the living revocable trust. Do you understand that? That is how it should work. Do not hear anything else. Do not do anything else. Just follow those directions. Got it, Jesse? So Maria writes in and says, can we open an investment account for my children in their own names? They are both teenagers, 14 and 16. No, you cannot. And really, we need to think about that. Because when you open up money in your kids' names under a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account, when they turn 18, that money is theirs and you don't have any say over it. Also, money that is in their name counts differently towards financial aid than money that happens to be in your name. So you really need to think twice about putting money in your children's name. And this is the reason why, really, how many times have I seen little Johnny or Judy Angel turn out to be Johnny or Judy Devil? How many times have you written in and have you said to me, Susie, I loved my kids so. I opened up a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account for my children. I have all this money in there. But somehow, my kids in high school got addicted to drugs, are smoking this, are doing that. And now here they are, and they've turned 18, and they know that that money is theirs, and they want it. And how can I legally not give it to them? And the answer is, You can't. It is their money. It is their money. So now you've given them money to possibly get themselves into further trouble. So can you just wait? Just if you have little savings accounts for them, fine. I don't have a problem with that. Just have money for them in your name as they get older, not their names not in a UGMA account. If you want to open a 529 college savings program for them, fine. I don't have a problem with that because you can take out that money anytime you want. You would have to pay 10% on the earnings of that money if you don't use it for a qualified educational expense, but at least you still have control over that money. So just be careful. And even though I know you want your girls to be financially independent, as Maria says in her email, just be careful here, girlfriend. All right, next thing we have to seriously clear up. You need to understand that when you have a lump sum of money in a 401k 
or you've gotten a lump sum of money, whatever it is, you cannot put that directly into a Roth IRA. Do you hear me? So if you have now retired or you're leaving your job and you have money in a traditional 401k or 403b or TSP that you have never paid taxes on, you cannot roll that money over, especially if it is a large sum of money into a Roth IRA or Roth IRA rollover. Because if you do, you are going to owe taxes on 100% of that money. What are you, crazy? You also, if you have a 401k plan at work that has money in it, again, a pre-taxed, a traditional 401k plan, you cannot transfer that money, all of it, to a Roth 401k at work because you will owe ordinary income taxes on that money. It is your new contributions, your new ones that you can put in to a Roth 401k, but be very, very careful. Do not transfer money, especially again, if there's a lot of it. If you have 2000 or whatever, okay. If you have 10000 20000 50000 do not transfer that money at work or if you retire, whatever, into a Roth 401k. Why am I saying this to you? Because Jamal writes me and says, I have an investment of 101000 in a 401k when I previously worked. My plan is to put the 101000 into a Roth IRA, then take $60,000 from the Roth IRA to pay off my student loans and car loan. I heard you make this recommendation for another caller on the podcast, so I wondered if this same advice applies to me. No, it does not. You've never heard me make that recommendation ever, ever, ever. You cannot take that $101,000 from a previous employer and put it into a Roth IRA rollover. If you do so, if you do so, you're going to lose almost $50,000 of it to taxes. You cannot do that. So what you could do is you can do an IRA rollover with that money to a traditional IRA rollover and little by little convert that money into a Roth IRA, but only convert the amount of money that won't put you into a higher tax bracket. So no, you cannot do this plan. You cannot do this. The government is not going to allow you to take money that you have never paid taxes on and put it in an account that is tax-free. That makes absolutely no sense. So Jamal, you cannot do this, nor should anybody else. All right, next. You think I'm got my goat up today? Is that a saying? That's such a thing, got your goat up. I don't think that's a saying. I make up sayings. Do you know that? Sometimes they're really great sayings. Sometimes they're just stupid like that one. I got the, what is that saying? Anyway, who cares? Now, many of you have asked this question. So I'm not just going to contribute it to just one of you because a lot of you are asking it. And here's what you are asking. Susie, since you don't like financial advisors that charge commission, I found a financial advisor who charges a registered investment advisory fee. 
I met with them. I love them. They spend three hours with me and their investment advisory fee is 1.75%. What do you think about that? I'll tell you what I think about that. I think that is highway robbery. Highway robbery. In my opinion, there is not one investment advisor out there that is worth one and three quarters percent a year to manage your money. Are you kidding me? A registered investment advisor is usually somebody who manages your money for an overall fee. So if you give them $100,000, they charge you a percent or whatever it is of that money to manage it. They don't partake in commissions. The theory being, the more money they make for you, the more money they make for themselves. The less money they make for you, the less money they make for themselves. And I happen to like that. I think that is a great way to invest. I am not a fan of commissions on any level, especially today when you can buy your own mutual funds, your own exchange traded funds, and not have any fees on them whatsoever. Again, Fidelity has no fee, no low mutual funds that are wonderful, wonderful. And you are asking yourselves, oh, Susie, one three quarters percent doesn't sound like a lot. One percent doesn't sound like a lot. Oh yeah, it is a lot of money. Just let's take $20,000 as an example. $20,000 over 30 years, a one percent difference in management fee will cost you about $25,000. And that is just at a 4 or 5% return. Are you kidding me? So yeah, it is a lot of money over time. Your key to growing money is to invest it, but pay less for investing. The expense ratios within a mutual fund, the investment advisory fees that you pay a person make a serious difference. So let's just get this right. If you're going to use a registered investment advisor, I personally would not pay more than three quarters of a percent for investment advice. I wouldn't do it. Number two, if you're going to use a registered investment advisor, you need to make sure that that person, in my opinion, is not purchasing mutual funds for you. If you are paying an advisor to invest your money, then you are paying somebody who is picking individual stocks for you, managing your money. If they're simply putting you into mutual funds, then the person managing the mutual fund is the portfolio manager. And almost every single mutual fund has an expense ratio, and that is the money that goes to the portfolio manager as well as the advertising and everything on that fund. If you are paying one three quarters percent to an investment advisor and they put you in a mutual fund that charges you even half a percent, you are paying almost two and a quarter percent to have your money managed again, highway robbery. So you want to be with an investment advisor that only charges you an investment advisory fee where they are purchasing individual stocks for you. Now, if you don't have a lot of money, 
then you can't buy individual stocks. Again, in my opinion, you should not have more than 4% of your investable assets. You write this down. You should not have more than 4% of your investable assets in one stock. So that means you should have about 25 stocks to have true diversification. And not 25 stocks all in one area, 25 stocks in different areas. I personally have almost over a 100 stocks. I do not own one mutual fund. But for those of you who don't want to buy individual stocks, who don't have a lot of money, then simply buy a no-load index fund. Go to Fidelity, open an account, and look into their no-fees index funds where there are no fees. A fee makes a big difference inside the mutual fund as well as outside the mutual fund. One other thing that I want to say about this. If you have money and you want to buy bonds, municipal bonds, which are bonds that are tax-free, bonds usually come with a commission built inside of the price of the bond. So no bonds should be held in an account that has an investment advisory fee on it. I have a lot of municipal bonds. But I have two accounts. One account for my stocks. Another account for my bonds. My bonds don't have any fee on them because again, when I purchase them, that fee is built in. If you have a registered investment advisor who is charging you an investment advisory fee and in your account you have municipal bonds and stocks and you are paying that 1% or whatever on all of that, you need to call this person up and you need to separate those two accounts out because you do not want to pay a fee on something that you're not going to change. Because you know that you keep municipal bonds until they mature. You do not trade them. These are things you need to know. These are things to keep your money safe. What is the key to building wealth? The key to building wealth is for you to make sure every single penny, every penny has a purpose. Do not get lazy with your money. Do not just believe, oh, this is what I need to do. Make a checklist for yourself. Know what you should do. Listen to this podcast over and over again. Listen to other podcasts in the area that you're interested in that I've done for you. But just don't think you know what I've said. You make sure that you know what I've said. I want you to check and double check. I want you to be clear and crystal clear because you cannot afford to make a mistake. And just because you think you've heard me say something, it is obvious by the emails that I am getting that you have not listened clearly. And that concerns me, makes me think, oh my God, maybe I'm better off not saying anything. What are they doing when they're listening? You need to take notes. In fact, I think you should all start a Susie notebook, a women in money notebook where you do the headings and you write down what you think I've said. You go back and listen to it and you verify 
And if you're not sure, then send in an email and you know when you have a question, all you have to do is send it into Ask Susie Podcast. That's S U Z E at gmail.com. And you know, you know that I answer many of you directly. I call many of you directly. I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be able to do that because this podcast has expanded in terms of the email that we're getting so dramatically. It's not even funny. So who knows when I can't read them all anymore? You know, there was a time during the Susie Orman show that I was getting like 10,000 emails a month or whatever it was. Are you kidding? I loved that. But there was no way possible I could do that. So we are still in our infant stage. So if you have a question, let me hear it. I also am asking if you could please do me a favor. Could you go to Apple Podcasts and simply give this show a star rating? If you like it, if you don't like it, just do what is true for you. As I have said before, the more stars it gets or the more ratings it gets, the more people will notice it, the more we can make sure that all of you are really clear, are really clear on the advice that I am giving. Because there is only one goal that this podcast has, and that is to make sure that you are strong, smart, and secure. And for that to be true, you have to be crystal clear on the advice that I am giving to you. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.